This week, we talk about the mind-boggling science of bioelectricity. Welcome back to the Swerve Podcast, everyone. It's your co-host, Izzo. I'm also joined here by Magnum. What's up, everybody? If you're a first-time listener of the podcast, welcome. We are the Swerve Podcast, and we are two random dudes on a mission to understand everything in the universe, one obscure topic at a time. So every week we pick a topic, usually listener requested. We research it and discuss it on the fly during the podcast. Having said that, usually these topics kind of swerve off the mainstream path, hence the name of the podcast. And today we're talking about a crazy new kind of fringe kind of niche science called bioelectric fields. This is going to be crazy. We're going to get into some weird shit and we're going to tie it back to some other swervy aspects. Um, But before we get into that, Izzo, I think you have some words. Yes, it's that we have a Patreon. Quickly want to mention it here right off the top, patreon.com slash swerve podcast. There you'll find two tiers, a $1 ride the wave tier, which gives you access to the bonus episodes that we release as well as shout outs on the podcast. And then for $3, you can join the slap the ass tier and that'll give you access to that library of episodes and the new episodes each month, shout outs on the podcast, but you will also get all of our episodes, main and Patreon, a few days before anyone else. So you'll get them on Sundays rather than our typical drop time of Wednesdays. Lastly, before we get into the topic, we do have a tradition on this podcast. Izzo, would you enlighten us? Yes, the tradition is that we like to drink while we're recording the episodes. So uh, usually we try and take some listener recommended drinks Uh, we try and come up with drinks on our own but sometimes we have to stick with the basics so to start this round table i guess i'll start uh so we're recording this pretty early and i have a iced coffee with baileys in it so that's what i'm drinking this morning because i've already had my hot coffee for the day so i'm resorting to basics today i have a corona that's all i'm doing i just got an open corona keeping it simple this is going to be a science-based episode so you know keeping it keeping it simple for a complex topic (laughs) (laughs) um having said that let's let's get into the basics here so as i said this is going to be science-based our goal here is to break down this legitimate but radically obscure science that's coming out of uh, the lab of a scientist named Dr. Michael Levin. This is, we're going to be talking about bioelectric fields. This sounds crazy, but my goal here, I don't want to, uh, I want to try to eliminate as much like technical aspects and like jar. There's going to be jargon we use, but we're going to try to break it down as much as we can but this is fucking nuts. This the science that's coming out of this, this is crazy and we had to do a topic on it because it's 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 kind of too crazy to not talk about what's on the fringe or not the fringe but like the bleeding edge right now of this field. This is this is blowing my mind. So we're going to get through it, but the, basically what we're going to talk about is I have a question I'll pose to the audience. It's have you ever kind of wondered how like your body or the cells in your body just know how to make an arm or like how to heal like when you get cut like why it just knows to heal like it it just your cells just know how to coordinate and do that or is it just me am i the only one who doesn't think this is crazy as fuck like Izzo, your arm why does your why does why do humans make an arm that looks like an arm every single time how is that even fucking possible? Yeah, I mean, we're taught that, you know, as we're this blastocyte and cells, they just kind of specialize and they know how to like, they just specialize and create arms and organs. And yeah. The rest just kind of follows suit. It's just cells multiplying. Yeah, it's, That's essentially it's what usually, we're taught. Yeah, that it's like a specialized cells and they just, it's just in the genes and they know how to do this. Yeah. Well, here's like, the fucking thing. They, there's these scientists now, Michael Levin especially is at the forefront. He's discovered that there's a large scale bioelectric network 
that enables morphogenic information processing. All that means morphogenic is like shape. So there's this field that coordinates shape. It's insane. This is like, I don't know, this is like almost as big as like discovering DNA. If this like works the way, if we, if this works exactly the way he thinks it does, it's like that fucking big because I don't know how to understate, like I can't understate it. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And the thing is what I want to do, we're going to go in the basics and outline it a little bit more, but this idea of a bioelectric field in the human body, a lot of this like fringe pseudoscience, like healing and like you, you've heard of people like, oh, like I interact with a person's energetic field and I can heal them and shit. Yeah. There's actually like more merit to that concept now because <laughs> there's like a mechanism it could work. And I want to talk about that at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like even acupuncture, like they, you know, they try put like needles and stuff around like chakras or like energy points. There's actually like, there could be, I'm not saying this is the case, but this whole bioelectric network, it could, that might be why acupuncture works because <laughs> you're interacting with it somehow or something. And it's crazy to think like 2000 years ago, people might've had an idea of, you know, acupuncture works. So they developed these practices without really knowing the science behind it. It's just kind of, yes. eh. just by chance. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of always intrigued when that happens. Like it's not the first case where it's like, Oh, they we've been doing this for like two thousand years, and then like science today catches up, and it's like, oh, this this is why it works, or this is why it doesn't work, or I don't know. I'm yeah. always just fascinated by topics like that. Yeah, and this is this is exactly what this is going to be. So basically, scientists they're starting to understand how an organism's cells can coordinate development and growth using a bioelectric field. So these these bioelectric fields, we'll talk much more about them out of the basics, but essentially what happens is it's a way to, it's a pattern memory or an ana, an anatomical memory. So like when I was saying like, why do you have an arm? Like how can the cells just know to make an arm the same length and like fingers and it's the same shape for everyone all the time. And like it's, and when things heal, they like tend to heal back the norm, like to normal. Like yeah. why is that the case? It's because there's like this, there's a fucking stored electrical memory in this bioelectric field. In somehow so like in the same way like you have brain structures that can like hold memory like in your hippocampus and in the brain basically what they're discovering now is that kind of all cells coordinate like that on in a, in, a, in a different in a slightly different way but but in the same kind of way so like basically like the genetic code so dna it's like how like how the fuck is it that DNA, this code leads to cells knowing how to form an arm or a liver, and how can it be the same every time? the 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 answer to this is this bioelectric field, which is which is crazy, or it's a plausible answer. I don't think it's a hundred percent known that this is occurring all over, the, but it's it's crazy. Do you think like that's why people report like the phantom limb syndrome? because like electrically like the rest of the arm wants to be there and it like <laughs> kind of signals to the brain that it is there and the brain is like oh well you know there should be cells there but there isn't so i didn't even make that connection but i'm i bet you that that's that might explain it because it's like the the bioelectric field is like oh we need to this is what it should be so you're like yeah. sensing you're sensing stuff but it's like not there and and because it's like the same length and like you already have the anatomical memory it's like i know like if i reach out i would be touching this but i'm not and what's going on like why why (laughs) that's interesting yeah i'm sure i hope i'm sure in the next five years people will be talking about that that's that's i didn't make that link but yeah phantom limb syndrome this might be attached to that too but just before we get out of the basics i want to stress like if i haven't if I don't sound hyped up enough already, like the reason that this is so crazy and like why this topic is interesting and like radically new is because if you can, if they can figure out how this bioelectric field works, basically um, there's like four main outcomes that can come from this. One is synthetic bioengineering. So like in, think of how you build buildings with like bricks and like wood and like you can build a building. 
but you would be able to build things with biology. So like if you could figure out like, oh, this is the this this is the bioelectric field for an arm, and this guy doesn't have an arm. Well, let's just simulate that and we'll grow back his fucking arm. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. coordinate cells to do that then. So you could like harvest stem cells or something. And like if you had the right way to engineer this, you could coordinate those cells to form a new arm or a heart or a liver or like if someone needs kidneys kidneys and like if you knew the how to manipulate the signal you could solve that problem for everyone the other thing cancer treatments well we'll get into this later but basically in cancers the the cancer cells seem to like lose their ability to communicate with normal cells so like you can think of a cancer cell it's like a rogue cell in the body that it's it's like your own cell becomes like a foreign organism it thinks it's its own cell so it's like navigating through the body that's why it metastasizes everywhere and shit yeah but really it just lost coordination so if you could figure out oh hey you need to tune into this biofield and you're actually a liver cell the the theory is you could just keep the cancer cell being a liver cell and it wouldn't be a cancer cell you see what i'm saying and you could so there's cancer treatments from this too if you can figure out how to make it recognize the signal yeah, in the so, field. So with that, it's like if it is liver cancer, there are liver cells multiplying rapidly. But if you can change the bioelectricity of it, you can get them to form a brand new liver essentially and then just replace it and stop uh, the cancer. Or Kind of. I was thinking more like, so like say you have liver cells in the liver, like one of those cells might stop sensing that it needs to be a liver cell for whatever reason for yeah. like maybe like a mutation occurred or something and that liver cell now it's like a cancer liver cell and it starts dividing because it's like oh it's just ignoring the other liver cells around it the other liver cells are like signaling to each other oh we need to be a liver cell we need to be a liver yeah. cell but then this one loses that and it just goes crazy mm-hmm. and they think perhaps one of the reasons is that it's lost the biofield might be um a signaling mechanism there's like data to support this and some shit we can we'll talk about it later but it's it has like my i guess my point is it just has cancer implications which is obviously important the other the third thing is developmental disorders so like i was like cleft like the easiest example is like a cleft lip if you could just figure out what's distorted about the coordination problem of cells trying to coordinate to form a lip and for whatever makes it cleft just change the biofield so when they're forming, they'll form a normal lip. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, and then the other thing, regenerative medicine. So this is similar to the synthetic bioengineering I was talking about, but like think of like spinal cords. So people who sever their spinal cord in like some traumatic event, if you could figure out how to make the cells, hey, no, you need to form a spine and here's the biofield to do that. Maybe you could, you could, actually get people to regenerate their fucking spine like their severed nervous system and you could walk again it's crazy hmm. i'm the thought that's like in my head right now is like when you see futuristic movies uh they always have these like chambers where like it looks like electrodes on the chain in the chamber and then they like heal you or regenerate your arm and it's just like maybe Maybe they were onto something like they create a bioelectric field uh, that allows these cells to just grow super fast. Yeah. And I should say, like, we're probably going to get some stuff wrong because this is like, I don't know, like kind of leading edge stuff that I'm, I don't think many people have talked about or heard about. And like, we can only do so much to research it. So if, you know, don't double check everything we're saying if you're interested in stuff, but these are the broad implications of stuff. Lastly, just before we move out of the basics, this like fringe science of bioelectricity, it also has implications to like other very fringe, like noetic science stuff. Like we've talked a little bit about weird science on the podcast before, but we, I brought it up with the acupuncture earlier, but like, how does this relate to like Reiki or like chi healing or like chakras, right? Like maybe there is something to that. Like this, you, you, because people do that kind of stuff, like this non, 
you know, like this homeopathic type stuff or like these natural, natural, what are they called? Naturopaths. And sometimes people get results. So like maybe there's something there and we just haven't understood it. So we'll talk about that towards the end. But getting to this next section, uh, this is going to be somewhat technical for a moment, but we'll try pause and slow down if we need to. We need to under, like to understand this bio field. You need to kind of understand anatomical homeostasis. And really what, what we're saying here, like homeostasis, this is like the idea that there's a tendency toward uh, a relatively stable equilibrium in biological systems. So I think if you get hot, you start to sweat to cool your body down. Or if you get cold, you start to shiver to heat your body up. This idea of homeostasis is like really important. And the, the question is how this applies to anatomy. So like limbs, organs, shit like this. Like how, how do all these different small individual cells that make an organism, how do they know how to like make a face? Like... How are they making this face? What is telling them to like make that shape? You know what I mean? And basically, Dr. Michael Levin, he thinks the answer might come from his studies with amphibians and planarian flatworms. So just to go through a couple things here, um, scientists, they have, and this is, this is crazy, like this is pretty radical. Scientists, they deliberately warped the faces of frogs and they would like mix up the eyes. So like put the eye where the jaw is or like the jaw where the eye is. And they can do this in the lab. It sounds weird, but like they do do this. And what they found, you would expect the frog would like develop a weird fucking face, right? Yeah. But it doesn't. It produces a normal face. So somehow, oh, go ahead. Do they do this like while it's like a blastocyte or like what well it's still like a small number of cells or they do this like, in like the development it still would it wouldn't be like an adult frog they're doing this to is my understanding yeah it's like still and it's it's not a blastocyte or like a tadpole but they do fuck up the face and like on. So, yeah somehow it knows like the jaw will like move in an unnatural, like say you put the jaw up by the eye, it'll like move in an unnatural way to like go back to where it's supposed to be. Same with mm -hmm. the eyes and like, which is, it'll just make the correct morphology. So that the, the question is, okay, we see this in frogs. So this indicates that like the cellular collective, like all these individual cells, they're somehow able to execute rearrangements until the correct morphology is produced. And then it's like, well, why the fuck is that? Why is it that morphology and not another one? Like, why? How is the cellular collective doing that? And basically, this, this experiment that Michael Levin was doing, it kind of indicates that the production of a frog face, it's not hardwired, per se. Like, it's not in the genes to an extent. But the cellular elective is able to engage in, like, an error correction mechanism towards a target end state and the end state would be the normal face so you know what i'm saying this is like kind of it's like well how the fuck is this cellular collective know to like morph and like move like how does a fucking eyeball move <laughs> through a frog face to get to the correct space like how is it doing that yeah especially considering like we know the basic components of a cell and they're like present in every cell but what makes these cells what gives it that know-how? Yeah. And the idea is that there's this bioelectric network, this field that it's like a navigation plan for the cells. And they that's how they know where to go. And this is this is not this wasn't known for a long time. Um I have some other crazy experiments while we're in this. So there's a salamander tail transplant. Uh, again, this is an amphibian he's working with. He could take the salamander's tail, graft it to where like arms or legs would normally be produced, and that tail would turn into an arm or a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fucked? So it's yeah. almost like in that anatomical location, there's a certain field, biofield, that if you put salamander tissue there that's different, 
that field will make it become what it's supposed to be in that location somehow. Yeah. And I mean, we've all heard if you (laughs) cut off a salamander's tail, it'll just like regrow its tail. But I've never heard of, you know, taking the tail and then all of a sudden it becomes an arm. So that's crazy. Yeah. So I think what's going on, I think this biofield is probably more pronounced in amphibians and these worms he works with. Like, I don't like what you can't take a human arm, put it by someone's leg and it become a leg. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But the, the, the point is, if you can understand how the salamander or the frog is doing this, like how what's creating the field, if you understand what's creating the field, you could just create it yourself. Yeah. For other. So it's that's why they're studying these. I don't think that this translates perfectly, but I think it highlights an area where if we understood the area, you could solve a lot of problems. Um, so again, it's like, it's like the, the tail nose to become an arm in the salamander case. Um, the other thing I mentioned, he was looking at his planarian flatworms. So these flatworms, they're considered to have like a very messy genome. So what genome, that's like the, like the entire genetic code of these worms. It's like got a lot of mutations and it's like really fucked up and it's, it's really messy. Um, and this is known about these flatworms, but here's the thing despite having literally millions of mutations over their evolutionary history, their autonomy, their anatomy is a hundred percent able to be reproduced from any single fragment of the worm. (laughs) (laughs) So if you, if you cut off like a little piece of the worm and like put it over there in like a nutrient rich area where it can survive, it'll just form the entire worm in this like and the the anatomy will be the same yeah what the fuck hmm. so the point the point here is it seems like something else um though it might be associated with genetics um genetics is not the complete answer because this genome is fucked like it's but yet the anatomy is always the same so it seems like there's something governing this cellular collective to produce the correct anatomy. And that points to bioelectric, this bioelectric network that we're talking about. These are kind of like the, the the hints that his lab found to like lead to the hypothesis that there's a biofield controlling like morphology. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is a, it is a frog and a salamander and a worm. Like those aren't human, but the idea is crazy. So like if you can crack the code here, you can make like massive leaps in like medicine, like we were talking about earlier. Um, before we get out of this section, anatomical homeostasis, this is, I mentioned at the beginning, but this is like the idea that the cellular collective engage in some type of process that regulates cell behavior towards a target state. So if something's like, if a cell is veering off to the right, there's some kind of, there's something that makes it veer to the left because it needs to go that way. And they're thinking that this is this bioelectric field. So like if you could harness that again, like any defect due to trauma or a birth defect, cancer, aging, degenerative, sorry, degenerative diseases, you could probably, you could solve that if you could harness this um, aspect of um, anatomical homeostasis. So it's like, Clearly, the cellular collective is like measuring something in order to produce an anatomical endpoint. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, it's just like there's this, there's the answer seems to be this bioelectric field that it it controls gene expression or cell behavior and it's just doing that. And you can like error correct your way to the correct target endpoint. It kind of like it's it's to me I don't know like before really looking into this this kind of just sounds fake doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like it's just off a sci-fi movie. Even like the salamander or the worm, like that seems you know like out of this world, like not something that's even possible. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like if we cut off your arm. And then, like, another you just, like, grew out of the arm. <laughs> yeah. 
And like the thing is, if you could crack, if you could figure out how that works in the worm, you might be able to translate that in the future to like, I don't know. Immortality. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. This is like, we're getting into some crazy shit here. Like this is. And that's where the whole thing is like in, in some of these like sci-fi movies, um, it's easy to reproduce the body, but like the conscious is the thing that they try and replicate. So that's the thing that carries forward, forward. Uh, but the body yeah. is just like, it could be anybody and they can grow bodies and yeah. Yeah. The consciousness is like the, there's going to be some weird shit that comes out of that in the future. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you just said, yeah, maybe you might be able to figure out how to replicate a body, but like maybe that doesn't necessarily translate to like consciousness. You just have like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe there's something different there that we're unaware of. You just have like these like, bio bodies like back from it back up hearts and stuff but it's like yeah. not a real thing <laughs> it's like you get some dystopian novel out of this i'm sure um but i want to transition here and just answer the question like what the fuck is bioelectricity we keep talking about this what like what is it why what you know what the hell are we exactly referring to here and the, the way I was thinking about it and the easiest way for me to think about it was to compare it to neurons in the brain. So we already have neurons that like communicate ele- with electricity in our brain, right? And this has been known for a very, very long time. So it's it, this is a type of bioelectricity that's known and it's well studied. And how it works is on the membranes of neurons, so the cells in your brain on like the edges of them, their membrane, there's these, they're called ion channel proteins and pumps. And through these ion channel protein and pumps, they can like regulate an electrical signal. So like you could think of it like if there's more positive ions on one side and then the other side, the let's say the inside is more positive than the outside. Well, now you have like a gradient of charge, right? Because the outside's more negative and the inside's more positive. So there's a charge there. That's all these things do. They're just moving ions in and out to create a charge. And like, this is well known. This isn't, this, what I'm saying right now, isn't groundbreaking. Like we know neurons do this. (laughs) And they, you know, they create an electrical potential but where this changes is early in the podcast, we said like cells will specialize. And now it's, it's like, it was before like, oh, that's just like a unique property of neurons. Like, yes, other cells have ion channels and protein pumps and they have charge, but they just use that to communicate locally. But it kind of seems like, no, there's actually like this crazy bioelectric network that's way more important than we thought in all the cells. And it creates like a bioelectric state that can coordinate large scale cellular collectives to execute a certain way. So it's not just like neurons that are using this like massively. It could, it's like the entire body is using it in in a different way than we thought. Like people knew there was electrical signals between cells. That's not new. That's old how it can create a large scale change or a, like coordinate large scale activity. That's the flip that's new and that's crazy. And this is, and how it like can create a target endpoint. That's what's crazy about this. Um, so why is this important? Um, basically understanding how bioelectric states lead to the establishment of a large-scale cellular collective to form anatomy. This will allow rational predictions of how to manipulate the bioelectric state to solve problems, right? So if you can understand the components that are making up this bioelectric field, you can then manipulate the bioelectric state to like repair spines, treat cancer, do all these things we were talking about. You need a heart? Oh, here, this is the, the state we need to make cells form a heart so let's just do that and we'll get hearts you know what i mean or whatever you need if you can understand it perfectly you can make rational choices to do that whereas this was never 
no one could ever do this before because people would be like, oh, we need to change the DNA. We need to put a gene in the DNA or take a gene out or mutate a gene. Yeah. And then that will create a heart or or it'll fix it'll fix cancer or fix a spine. But this is like a different approach. This is like, no, we actually don't even need to do anything with the genetic code. We just need to figure out how to manipulate the bioelectric field and then the cells will figure out the rest. They just need the signal to know how to coordinate. That's the big thing here. And maybe I'm a sound like a broken record, but it's it's it sounds fake or it sounds um maybe not even important, but it's like this is crazy. Before we continue the episode, if you are enjoying our electric podcast, the people you hang out with probably will too. Do us a solid and please pass on this episode to your social media friends on Facebook, Twitter, or other platforms. We would definitely appreciate your support. I'd also like to take this time to shout out some of our valued listeners. Shout out to Mary S, Jenny H, Moran J, George B, Shannon L, Rodney D, and Dana M on Facebook for liking our posts and interacting with us. A special Masi Cho to Pepper Lanky on Instagram. Appreciate your kind words. Lastly, massive props to Sparky underscore 419 on Instagram. You know who you are. Thanks for listening to our entire catalog, not once, but twice. To everyone else, please feel free to submit your topic or drink recommendations at www.theswervepodcast.com. May good karma and vibes be with all of you. Back to the show. I mean, just as you mentioned with the planarian worm, like their genome is all sorts of fucked up, but yet they still look the same all the time. Yeah. So even with the human genome, like we're still evolving and getting mutations and all these other things. But so we're essentially saying you could be as fucked up as you want in the genome or with your DNA, but you'll still phenotypically look the same as a human should. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is something I don't think a lot of people know, but like 50% of the human genome is like considered junk. Like it's considered like, like the genes don't even do anything. They're just, it's just junk DNA. Yeah. (laughs) So like, we're like, we, you know, like we already have some fucked up, but it's, it's like that for like a lot of organisms. It's not unique to us, but we like to think like, oh, our DNA is like this thing. It's like, no, it's pretty fucked up. (laughs) We only use a bit of it. Yeah. Um, which is, that's weird in itself already, but to digress back to this. So this guy's lab, they, they kind of identified, cause you might be like, okay, well, how can you manipulate this? Like why, like, is this even possible to manipulate? And the answer is yes. They found that there's an important membrane associated pump, um, that's involved in bioelectric control. Remember I was talking the ion channel protein pumps. They've identified one that they can manipulate and it's called a VATPase proton pump. And this is involved in a lot of things. It's involved in stem cell differentiation. So when a stem cell becomes like a heart cell or a liver cell, this pump is involved in like making that choice. It's involved in wound healing. So like I was saying, like if you get a cut, how the fuck do the cells know to like heal and like form skin that looks the same as it did before? It's like, well, this pump's involved in that wound healing. It's also involved in spinal cord and peripheral nerve injury and cancer signaling. So if you could... If you can understand how to manipulate this pump, this is just one pump, there's many, but maybe you can control the bioelectric field. So this is like kind of where they're, where they're going. They're like, what is causing the bioelectric field? Can we identify what they are? And if we can, can we manipulate them? So like, like right, if you can manipulate these ion channels or these proton pumps, you could change biology and predict, rationally predict to change it how you want it to. Um, some examples of some studies that they've done, like this is early studies, obviously, but like through manipulating ion channels, some of these scientists, they could alter the wings of Drosophila. So this is like a, this is like a commonly studied uh, insect in the labs. They could make them grow different wings, um, just by manipulating the proton pumps. That's flies, right? Yeah. It's a type of, it's a type of fly. Yeah. 
Um, they could alter the size of zebrafish fin and shape. That's just another commonly studied fish in labs. And they could also like add extra digits to the limbs of mice by altered, altering these things. Um, and what's crazy, so th this is all like animal studies I'm talking about, but there's some human developmental diseases that they looked at and they look like there's these developmental diseases. They actually have defects in ion channels. So like a specific disease, it's called Anderson Tawell syndrome. And there's a potassium channel mutation. So these, these people that have this issue with their potassium channel, they get like cranial facial malformations, cleft palates. They have like a broad forehead and nose and like, um, like a, like wise, what are they like, like wide set eyes. So like their face is very strange. And the idea is, well, this could be because their bioelectric fields fucked up because it doesn't have the, the, the protein pump doesn't work the way it should. Yeah. So if you could fix that, maybe you could alleviate these like malformations in the morphology and like people that have these issues, you could, you could fix it. That's, it's, that's fucking nuts. I don't know. Again, yeah. like we're on the fringe here. This is all very new and like, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's, it's very interesting. And we, we know that like there are electrical currents in the body. Like the heartbeat is an electrical mm -hmm. current, like neurons, they, they kind of have that electric type of them so like we know that it is important in our bodies and any small deformation of it or like malfunction of it will change the broader scope of like electrically how we operate and what our homeostasis is and that can yeah lead to all these other things so it's not yeah it's not a new thing but it's more broad than we've ever thought before and yeah, how it can affect this. That's that's the crux is like like you said, yeah, there's the electricity used by cells is not new. But people thought it was just for like whatever function that those cells were doing, but like it turns out like the reason your cells know how to form a finger is cuz there's like some kind of state that's like guiding them to do it. And it's that this is like I don't know. It's, it, it's, I'll say why this is the next section of my note. The reason this is crazy is because like basically all science to treat many different diseases and disorders, they're like, we need to manipulate genes. We need to turn off or turn on genes and maybe we can solve diseases by addressing that. This is like a radically different approach because instead of manipulating genes, which has been like a focus for decades, um, you might be able to manipulate bioelectricity and have like even crazier outcomes or more desired outcomes than you could have ever imagined trying to, right? Cause it's like, <laughs> like how can you make, like just say you have a spine injury. Can you alter the genes of that severed spine to like make a new spinal cord? People like try stuff like this, and it's like, well, no, there's there's something else we're missing, and this is what it seems we might be missing is this coordinated field. So I just want to listeners recall that the planarian flatworms we talked about they can regenerate into a full new worm just from like a fragment of them. Now in the lab, these scientists they were they manipulated ion channels, so they altered the bioelectric field. And they could cause the flatworms to form two heads or no heads. Hmm. So like they figured out how to manipulate the signal to at least do that, which is, that's, that's fucking weird. That means you yeah. can change it and alter the, the target end state. Um, although it's really crude, like obviously that's crude, but this is like an early experiment that highlights the potential of manipulating these channels. Um, one crazier than that, this is in the planarian flatworms. They could change the bioelectric field of the gut cells of this flatworm. And those gut cells would construct an eye. They could build an eye by changing the field of the gut cells. It's <laughs> hmm. crazy. I know. And 
the thing to highlight about all of this, the genome is the fucking same. They didn't do any mutations. They didn't add anything or like altered at all. The genetic code is the same. The only difference is the bioelectric state that they all altered. So this suggests that the genome is not necessarily involved for pattern memory needed to form anatomy. So it's like DNA is not controlling the final shape. It's this field, which is nuts. Hmm. I don't know. Let's say some, so obviously we talked about biomedicine already, but like, again, it's like, can you build organs for various diseases? If you could, if you could crack the bioelectric code, like, could you make extra hearts, limbs, regenerate spines? There's clear application for this type of stuff. You know, people are blind. Can you, like, grow new eyes for them and, like, fix whatever issue there is? Like, Not just, like, it's, grow, it's, grow these new organs, but, like, grow them how their body needs it or, like, the original yep. version of it. Not just any old heart. Like, it's the heart that they had or, like, the eyes that they had. Yeah, and I don't know how you do it, but like, yeah, it's just like, say you have a shitty eye, it's like glazed over and like cataracts, like you could, I don't know if it would be like some kind of nano implant that you'd put in and it would create the right field and it just like forms the right eye. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your eye just grows back to a normal eye. Like, uh, but the, the the possibilities are like endless and they can be dark too, obviously, because like, who the fuck knows, but like, some kind of like black ops lab would do with this kind of it's like CRISPR, like when they, you know, genetically engineer stuff like the CRISPR baby. I think yeah. we talked about that before they like tried to make a kid more intelligent. And the, what was it? They, they treated a kid in like the embryo stage to like make the kid resistant to HIV, but the same genes also happen to be like associated with like greater intelligence <laughs> yeah so like oh no we're just trying to make the kids safe against hiv wasn't it's it like, also uh <laughs> like it also made the baby taller than it i don't remember but yeah, yeah there was i think like it was like that it was like clear oh, yeah we're gonna prevent hiv but also it's gonna be smarter and taller and just like yeah a just better like functioning <laughs> yes <laughs> super soldier type of thing yeah so I'm sure there'll be some weird shit that comes out of this, but for now, like they don't really even know what they're doing. Like they're working with like amphibians and worms, but they're learning crazy shit. So um, to put this another way, like if you can control bioelectricity, this network, it's like having reprogrammable anatomy. So bioelectric controls would allow control of information outside of the genome. So like, again, the genetic code doesn't necessarily matter. You could make the form you want just by manipulating the biofield. So it's kind of like a new form of what's called epigenetics. And epigenetics, all that means, it's it, epi means above. So it's like above the genetic code. It's not, you don't need to change the genetic code. You can change something outside of it to get the effect you want. Um, which is super interesting. Um. I have a computer science analogy here. So like essentially now you can start to think of these ion channels um, and gap junctions of a cell as like hardware. Remember I was saying they had that like V ATPAs proton pump. They're like, if we manipulate this, we can like change stuff. Yeah. So you can think of that as like hardware. Like there's these things on the membranes of cells. If we can alter them, we have different hardware. And you can think of this bioelectric field as software, and that that kind of dictates the outcome. So if you change the hardware, it's like you can alter the software and like make that become your target outcome. So again, with like these planarian flatworms, basically a specific bioelectric field can produce eyes from cells in the gut because and like the, the hardware is the same, like the ion channels, but if you can manipulate the bioelectric field, to cause the cellular collective to behave differently, it will arrange differently. So it's just, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's like there's hardware and like software and it's like all biological still. Yeah. And like if know. you change the software, you can get more out of the same hardware you've always had, but you could just get more out of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
what's interesting about the whole thing as well, we kind of alluded to this a little bit, but these bioelectric fields appear, uh, or sorry, appear to have like a, a memory. It's like a pattern memory. So if we talk about these worms again, like when these scientists, they altered ion channels to manipulate the bioelectric field to produce two-headed worms. When you cut pieces from the two-headed worm and put that piece in, you know, like a nutrient-rich substrate, it'll form a two-headed worm again. It'll grow into a two-headed worm. <laughs> and the genome so it's a, is still it, There's the a same. memory. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So there's some kind of, not only is it um, coordinating behavior, there's a fucking memory there. Yeah. Where's that's... the memory? I don't know. There's no neurons. <laughs> well, there yeah. Are... So it's like, yeah. But I know it's like, it's like storing pattern memory. So that's very interesting. Um, again, like we, 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 we just said this kind of, but like the changes on the genetic level are like invisible. Like there's no, this two headed worm. It's not like they changed anything. They just changed the field. <laughs> so, but so phenotypically it's completely different, but genetically it's the same. So how do you, like, there's something else storing information. <laughs> this is like, this is what I'm saying. It's like completely groundbreaking. Like, you know, it's like when they discovered, you know, the structure of DNA. They're like, oh, this is how we store information. But it's like, there's this whole other way that we don't even, we're just figuring out now. Yeah. Well. Wow. Um, I had another point to make here. So. There are some can like rare cancers that actually don't have mutations because like usually cancers a, you know there's usually a fuckload of mutations that cause cancer. There's some that actually don't have mutations, and I was thinking like, is it possible that like this is like a different bioelectric state, you know? Because I'll house you know what I mean like so there's like this other implication again. It's like I don't think people would have thought about that before this kind of new information was put out there. Where this will lead, um, I think, in the like near future, is morphoceuticals. This is this is like basically right now there are four hundred ion channel targeting drugs that are approved by the FDA, and they're actually this is crazy. I didn't know this, but they're the third best selling prescribed drug. So. My point is there's like an available amount of drugs right now that are like safe for humans that can be repurposed to now try and manipulate bioelectricity when we, when we learn more. So if they're like, hey, we need to like, I don't know, like we need to tweak this here, tweak that here, tweak this here, and drug one, two, and three will do that. Maybe you give one, drug one, two, and three, and you can like, you know, regenerate a spinal cord. <laughs> Yeah. It also um, just like tells you how complex these ion channels are. Like they serve so many functions. Like in a normal balanced homeostasis thing, like you can still manipulate them to alleviate some symptoms of whatever it might be. But then like if that bioelectric field is changed, it just the changes are drastic and unknown, I guess. But, yeah. Now the, the morphoceuticals will also tie into like machine learning. So like using machine learning, you could make better predictions on how, if you manipulate, how to manipulate the bioelectric field. And like, Hey, if we, if we tweak this here, this morphology gets produced. And then like, you know, you could basically, you could figure out what drug manipulates what, and then you could like come up with like a plan to alter the field to like, make whatever you needed in some way i'm not i think initially it'll be drugs but i think in the future there'll be better ways of targeting it like there'll probably be like some kind of nanotech that like can change fields or maybe there's like some device you like sit in over yeah. i don't i don't know what it'll be but like it's interesting I mean, to speculate if uh dr levin or whoever's doing this research ever needs funding they could just uh try and convince the male population that it can 
grow your dick bigger and <laughs> they'll just get all the funding for it. Like create the, create the drug. We need it now. <laughs> That's right the now. best way to get funding for this research. <laughs> and like all your, you run all your like Google ads to like simps on like OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> like they have a little ad that pops up. Bioelectricity for your dick. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is it like, grows back or just like grows to like exactly what it's supposed to be which is like your homeostasis like no i need it more <laughs> do more research <laughs> i need 12 dicks yeah how do i change the endpoint from four to six <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's crazy and then yeah that'd be crazy just like you have 12 dicks you cut off one throw it on the ground it more it grows into another version of you in the future yeah you know like <laughs> ah, it's like uh what's it called the head of like the hydra oh it's yeah it's just like you're <laughs> i cannot be stopped <laughs> it becomes that um, salamander tail but imagine if that's the first organ they reproduce that are just like yeah it's you know it's crazy world out there you just can get your dick cut off whenever and this was the most important thing we could do with this research <laughs> Honestly, they they would that would be they would be funded for that like immediately if they could do that, like people would be going head over like they would just be lining up. Take my fucking money! Crowdsourcing like so many. all the funding for yeah. it, billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first like trillion dollar company. It's just like <laughs> we grow dicks. <laughs> yeah, that's just all. It's we grow dicks. TM. <laughs> dicks are us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. BBC for all. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So anyway, there's going to be some crazy shit. Um, I just, the, how I wanted to round off the episode is I mentioned at the beginning, like how this gets into like the area of noetic science, which is like, we brought it up on the podcast a couple times. Just think of it like a fringe, like they address like pseudoscience type stuff and try to figure out weird anomalies. Um, but the bio, they've been talking about biofields for a long time in the noetic science field. Um, there's this lady named Beverly Rubick. Uh, she's got a PhD and she's been talking about biofields for like the longest time. And her idea was that like various, you know, you, like energy healers and like weird shit like this. Um, her, she had an idea that they were like tapping into some kind of biofield. And now that I've come across like Dr. Michael Levin's work with this bioelectric field, it seems like less crazy, you know? Yeah. Like maybe there is something does. there. So like there's these various energy medicines that have been practiced for a long time. Um, and like this, honestly, the science for these is like completely lacking, but I'm starting to think like, I wonder how this translates to like homeopathy or like Reiki uh, qi healing, acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, magnet therapy, bioelectric magnetic therapy, electrodermal therapy, and there's like other things too, like like chiropractic principles. Like there's some like weird shit there too. Like, um, I'm just wondering, like there's maybe something there. Um, and there's this biophysicist. His name was Chang Lin Zhang. He calls the bioelectric, or sorry, the biological field, the electromagnetic body, and he considers it an ultra weak field for standing waves that form um, like an energy anatomy. And he thinks that this energy anatomy, like, is associated with like what people who practice uh, like meditation would call chakras. We did an episode on this on our Patreon. If people are interested, there's like different energy points in the body, or something like seven of them, or some shit. And there's like these acupuncture meridians where they're considered like hot points and like they try to put needles there to like address the energy anatomy. And like maybe that's not crazy anymore. Like maybe that's actually a thing. Like there's a certain healthy bioelectric field that you're supposed to have. Yeah. And like if it's altered in some way, you have like ailments and maybe you can actually address it using some of these traditional methods. To me, that that was interesting because again, like we on the podcast, we try swerve. So we're not only did we talk about 
a weird, obscure science that's real. We're going to bring in the extremely fringe stuff and tie it all together. Connected the dots. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's, you know, we kind of vomited information out. But this is the idea of what's going on, and it's pretty crazy. Should we hop into final thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get your take first, Izzo. About the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing. I think it's crazy. Uh, Like, I never thought that it would be possible, even though we've seen organisms be able to do it in nature like the salamander tail it can re like grow back but the mechanisms behind it i never understood them never really like cared to kind of look into it because i was yeah just how could it translate over to humans but this entire field is kind of ground it well it is groundbreaking and like the implications that it can have in the future of you know how how we survive and how we become immortal, but not even that, but how do we just live healthier and ensure that everyone has like a healthy life, not just, I don't know, people that want to yep. be immortal or for nefarious reasons. Like this is the stuff, this is like the breakthrough that even these naturopathic and these fringe science and health, healthcare fields kind of needed is some science behind you know what they've been saying for years and this is beginning to yeah. understand it i don't know it's just really crazy and uh yeah i can't believe that we're here that it took so long to like get here and how how this science can kind of change the world yeah um i mean i i don't need to, i i think it's just a great opportunity for a new paradigm and I think if it's, again, we have to say, like, it's not like any of this has been verified in, like, humans or, like, there's any, like, trials or any. This is, like, all, like, you know, they're working with, like, model lab organisms, like mice, yeah. fucking zebrafish, flies, and, like, amphibians and stuff like this. So that this has a long way to go. But just the idea here, it's, I don't know, it's fucking crazy. But one thing I was thinking... Uh, this is just a hunch that I have. Like, I don't think the bioelectric fields are going to be the same for like all organisms. So like, for instance, he's kind of focused his research on like amphibians, like frogs, salamanders, um, and then also the planarian flatworms. But my thing is like, all of those creatures are like kind of water associated. So I feel like maybe in a water environment, like a bioelectric field is more useful for that type of organism because right like it just conducts better or some shit so my point is like a land-based organism it might be completely different so like i don't i think there's going to be a gap there you see what i'm saying kind of yeah i'm trying to kind of uh, i'm trying to understand why there would be difference in like amphibians and water organisms because it se- yeah because it seems like you know the, like you were saying like we've known salamanders can regenerate their tail and shit for a long time like this you know and same with the planarian worms like this is not unknown that they're they have like these enhanced regenerative capacities and i'm wondering if that has to do with their environment and like maybe we're completely different and like maybe if we harness this field maybe we can use it in some way, but maybe it won't be as dramatic as like an amphibian. You yeah. could harness it in an amphibian. That's my, I think there could be a drawback there or a gap. Yeah. I'm also so, like trying it, to think maybe it's because they are like small organisms. So things just are able to get done much quicker. Like if you do need to grow a tail, like there's not a lot of travel for the signal and it's like, okay, let's start it right away. But then I'm thinking of uh, like blue whales and how they're like telomeres like keep extending. So they have like a super long lifespan. Yeah. And like that's the biggest organism we we know. And it it has like these regenerative 
regenerative properties. <laughs> um, but again, it is amphibian. But um, well, the blue whale would be mammal, or yeah, or you mean aquatic? Yeah, aquatic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's weird. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That's I don't know. There's a lot here. I just wanted to. Get, I mean, at the end of the day, just give listeners a taste of like what the fuck is what kind of paradigms there are out there. Cause this is like, we, you know, we did that topic on UFOs or sorry, what was the guy's name? Salvador Paz. And like how he did, he's like literally like patented a UFO. And like, he talked about how like he thinks the physics of it would work. This is like kind of the same shit, but like in the biological sphere. So you just don't really hear about this. Yeah. And it's like, it's, um, although that Dr. Michael Levin guy, he's been doing a fuckload of podcasts recently. Huh. Like in the last like six, eight months, he's kind of like not backing down. Like before I heard him on a podcast a long time ago, maybe a year ago. And like, I think it was like his first podcast and like, he like dropped all this knowledge and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And then now he seems to be like, like he'll probably be on Rogan in the next year or because he's kind of blowing up. This is crazy. So He's he actually was studying in uh, Canada in Saskatchewan for a while. No, oh, that's pretty cool. So shout local out to connection. Uh, well, not local, but you know, <laughs> yeah, country connection, same country. <laughs> so yeah, having said that, maybe we roll out. I don't have anything else to say. I think it's just crazy. Yeah, I think uh, the listeners are in for a treat if they've stuck around long enough. Like you've learned something. I've learned something. Uh, yeah keep an eye yeah, out on same it same here yeah. yeah if you cut your dick off it'll grow back <laughs> <laughs> one day um <laughs> yeah no it won't um but <laughs> don't do that let's uh roll out of here uh thanks to sidestepping the sun a canadian rock band that made the intro and outro music to the podcast also as always unofficial sponsor shout out to el yucateco hot sauce just love the hot sauce. Going to keep shouting them out until we secure them to support this podcast in some way. It's a habanero-based hot sauce, so it's not shitty, you know, shitty ketchup bullshit. It's got a lot of flavor. Habanero peppers, so it's spicy. My favorite part about it is there's no calories associated with it, so you can you get flavor for free. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Um, but I'm just going to keep shouting it out. And I should also mention listeners, if you want to help us in this endeavor, we've had a, a, a number of listeners reach out to Al Yucateco on our behalf, and that seems to be very helpful. So if you do that, that would be excellent because then when we get the hot sauce, we'll share it with everyone. Um, and it'll be fra- flavor for free, like squared. It'll be both free and calorie free, like economically free and yeah. calorie free. <laughs> so, uh, there's that. Um, Izzo, you have some other things to say, I think. Just want to mention again uh, about our Patreon. So patreon.com slash the Swerve Podcast. Very simple structure. There's two tiers, a $1 tier. Um, It's the Ride the Wave tier. And for just a dollar, you can get access to bonus episodes that we release each month and the access to the library as well as shout outs on the podcast. And then if you want to bump it up a little bit for $3, you can join the slap the ass tier and that'll give you access to those bonus episodes, give you shout outs on the podcast, but you will also get all the episodes, both main and Patreon a few days before anyone else. So you'll receive them on Sundays rather than our typical drop time of Wednesdays. And the other thing I should mention, so you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all the major social media platforms. And we do, if you're interested in our drinks that we've had and you want to find the recipe for those drinks, we post those on our social media platforms. And also, if you just follow us, you'll get notifications for when our episodes drop, which is every Wednesday, every second Wednesday we drop episodes. And you'll know what they are because we report that on our social media. Um, the other thing too, we have stair packs. There's all supplies last. We are still sending out a free pack of stickers. We'll mail it out to you for free. There's three of them. They're weatherproof. Um, if you leave a five-star written review on Apple podcasts and DM that to us, we will send you out the sticker pack for free. And if you don't use Apple podcasts, don't worry. You can make a case for yourself. If you've 
you know, you're like, Hey, I left a review on Spotify or I subscribed on YouTube. Can I have stickers? And you make a case, we'll send them to you. Cause we've done that for many listeners in the past. And other than that, I think I'm missing. Do you want to talk about website? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, we do have a website. It was recently launched. It's theswervepodcast.com. And there is kind of like a centralized location. You can see episodes we've done, get links to whichever platform you want. Uh, you can see the cover art or social media posts. But at the bottom of the page, there's a form that you can fill out and you can submit your drink recommendations as well as topic recommendations there. So it centralizes fo- centralizes it for us um we're able to track those requests and find them easier um but yeah as well as um interacting with us on our social media you can do it on our website sick and having said all that thanks for listening and slap that ass and ride the wave doing this research ever needs funding they could just uh try and convince the male population that it can grow your dick bigger and <laughs> they'll just get all the funding for it like create the create the drug we need it now <laughs> that's right the now. best way to get funding for this research <laughs>